Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. But hey, if you guys have come to church, I believe that you're in the right place. If you want to start out your year well, you're in the right place. If you want to be rooted and grounded in love, you're in the right place. If you want to set your heart in the direction that God has for you, you're in the right place. Amen. And I'm really excited about this two-week series that we're doing to start the year off, to start it off strong. It's where have I been and where am I going? Um, And I think that it's really wise for us to ask those questions, sometimes hard questions, but ask those questions about the year that's been to set us up right so that we can step into all that God has for us with the right attitude and the right mindset. So this week I'm going to be looking back. And next week, Jordan's going to be taking off and we're going to be looking forward. So I want us to look at a verse today which um, may not make a a great deal of sense to start with, but it will make sense if you stay with me. I believe it's going to make some good sense to you. It's a story that comes out of the book of Genesis. So if you're doing the year Bible, you're probably getting close to this story. I'm going to read it to you. It starts from Genesis 28 verse 10. It says that Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Doesn't sound particularly comfortable to me, but he managed to do it. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised to you. When Jacob arose, sorry, awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil over it. He called that place Bethel. Bethel means house of God. Though the city used to be called Luz. This is an incredible story, quite a fantastical story about Jacob's life, but I believe that we can draw some wisdom out of it for how we're going to look back, how we're going to gain some understanding about our lives. You know, we live like Jacob on a mission. We're going somewhere, we're doing stuff, and we're busy. We're busy, busy, busy. And it's really important for us, before it gets too busy, maybe as the year begins to ramp up, that we begin to assess. And like, unlike Jacob, perhaps, who said, I was not aware of it, we need to gain awareness Awareness of what God is doing so that we can look forward into what He has for us. 
So Jacob, just to refresh this story, Jacob was given this supernatural insight into what God was doing. He was busy going about his business, and really all he had in mind was, well, the sun has set, I need to sleep. So that was where he had in his head. And yet God opened up, he pulled back the curtains, if you like, into the supernatural realm and showed him that there was stuff going on that he could not see. He saw angels ascending and descending on this supernatural ladder. They were angels ascending and ascending. They weren't just doing it for fun. They were doing it, obviously, because God had assigned tasks for them to do. So these angels were busy, and God was speaking to him and giving him clarity and understanding about his life, not just his life, but the life of his ancestors, the life of his grandfather, the life of his father, and the life of the many generations that were going to follow on after him. As he woke up the next morning, he came to that realization, oh my goodness, surely God was in this place and I was not aware of it. And so what he does, he picks up his stone, he picks up his pillow, and he puts it up and he creates a memorial stone so that he could remember what God had spoken to him about and what God was saying to him about his future. Not only that, but he renames that place. It was called Luz. It was a place called Luz and he renames it Bethel. This is the house of God. This is God's house. So like Jacob, I've got got three things for you guys if you're taking notes. There are three things that we need to do that we can draw out of this story. Firstly, we need to gain awareness. Can you guys say, gain awareness? We need to gain awareness. Because so often, we're caught up in the busyness of our day, we're busyness of our week, busyness of our year, and we can so easily lose awareness because we're so focused on what's next. But God wants to show us, do you believe that God wants to speak to you? God, uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So we need to understand that God wants to speak to us. He wants to give us awareness, but all we need to do is allow ourselves to be spoken to, allow ourselves, gives ourselves space so that God can speak to us to give us awareness. The second thing we need to do is that we need to remember. We need to remember because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget. You guys, you know, if you have visitors coming to Perth from out of, out of the state or from overseas, what's one of the places that we always take them to? Where are we going to what's in Perth that we can show them? Well, we often go to King's Park, right? And we go, wow, King's Park's a beautiful place. And when you go to King's Park, you see that memorial stone that's there. It's a giant big obelisk, big stone that's been put there after the war, after the First or the Second World War, and it was put there in memoriam. It was put there so that, in the words that you'll probably remember, that, that are inscribed on that stone, lest we forget. Lest we forget. That stone is there so we don't forget the guys, the people that fought and gave their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. So that when little Johnny is there with his granddad, and they go, what's that stone for? The older generation can say, that's right, that stone is there, lest we forget, because we fought this war. Well, that's exactly what uh, Jacob did. He put up his stone pillow, and he said, lest I forget. I don't want to ever forget this moment. So when he walks past there in, genera- in you know, later time, or when he brings the generations to come with him, his son or his daughter, for his kids or grandchildren, he'll say to them, this is the place called Bethel. This is the place I remember it now. This stone is here to remind me that God was here, to remind me that God spoke his promises over my life. And it's really important that we do the same thing. We create space to make sure that we do not forget what God has spoken to us. The third thing that we need to do is it's really important that we rename our experiences. 
We rename our experiences. Jacob renamed that place that was called Luz. He could have called it place where I had a really bad sleep. He could have called it the Hard Rock Cafe because that's what he was sleeping on. Like that. <laughs> he could have called it like that was the bad dream place. But he called it Bethel because that's the place where God spoke to me. We're the same. I was just about to wipe my sweat off my, my sleeve. That's not really a good look, is it? I haven't got my sweat towel. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a giant one. I've got this giant sweat towel, excuse me. <laughs> what are we expecting here? He could have named it. We, you know, so often we, we call our experiences because we look back and we say, oh, that was the hard year. That was the difficult year, instead of that was the year that God was with me. We could have called it, that was the year where I just didn't have enough money, where it was my poverty year. Instead, we can name it, that's prosperity year, because God was with me and he provided for me. We could have named it anxiety, because that's all I felt last year. Instead, we can name it peace, because God is my peace. It's really important that we rename our experiences. It's so easy for us to rename it, to, to name it out of our emotion, out of our fear, out of our doubt, out of those negative experiences that we have. Instead, it's really important that we rename those experiences as to God's plan for our life. Amen? So as we do that, I'm going to give you guys some keys for how we can look back, how we can gain awareness. Like Jacob said, I was not aware. So we need to gain awareness. So we're going to be looking back at the year that's been. How can we gain awareness of God's presence, his, his involvement in every detail of our life? So here's some things. Are you guys ready for this? If you're taking notes, the first one is this. It's really important that we reflect. As we look back, we need to reflect. It's easier said than done. I understand that, especially if you've got little kids. But you're not going to gain awareness of what God's doing unless you create some space, create a little bit of extra time. And the reason that we're giving this, ser this sermon series in January because it's kind of before the, everything starts, the school term hasn't started yet. Most of us have had a little bit of time off, maybe a little bit of time to reflect. This is the time for us to take, carve out a little bit of extra time and allow God to speak. A few little practical things you can do. How about... Um, you know, something that I've been doing the last few months is I bought myself a journal. So every morning I wake up a little bit earlier than the rest of the family and I sit there and I, I read the Bible. And then, I, to be honest, I might not have any lightning revelations, but I'll just rewrite it. I'll rewrite some of the things that I've read and I'll just kind of think about it. What's God saying about that to me? And that is exactly what you guys, what we should all really be doing is creating some space. You know, go for a walk, sit on top of a hill. Go to the ocean, look at the, the sunset. Go to Kurong and buy yourself a Christian book. You know, God will, God will speak to you. He's really gracious. And, you know, sometimes if you don't know what to look for, just scan the aisles and see what pops out at you. See what God's speaking to you about and create some space to read and reflect. All right, so that's my first point. The second one is this. We need to get perspective. Perspective is a really good word if you're a Christian. It's really powerful for us. And, you know, we go through our lives and we often get stuck in our own heads. Anyone get stuck in your own head sometimes? I know that I do. 
we can interpret what's happened in our year, in our life, and if it's just me and God, we can come up with all sorts of weird and wonderful explanations for what was going on. But if you can gain perspective, and by perspective I mean letting other people in to your life, letting other people in to your experiences. Can I encourage you for 2024 to make it one of your New Year's resolutions, if you're not already in one, to join a small group. Join a small group. Allow other people in to your story and begin to share that with them. Tell them the good and the bad that was going on. Help them to unpack your story and gain perspective. Because often, it's true, we can come to the wrong conclusion about what happened. That conclusion might be that God's not there for me. That conclusion might be that God's not going to provide for me. That conclusion might be that I don't have any friends. That conclusion might be it's really hard to find work, etc., etc., etc. We can come, if it's just me and my own little brain, I can come up with a wrong conclusion. So I want to encourage you guys for this year to find yourself in a group, in a small group or even a serving group on Sundays where you have some time to speak to one another and to share your story and, and help other people unpack your story so that you can gain some perspective. You know, Christianity, people, it's not, it's not a solo sport. It's not pole vaulting. It's not singles tennis. It's mixed doubles. It's, uh, it's soccer. It's another sport where there's a team involved and you're doing it with other people. Do not try and do your Christianity on your own. It's not going to give you as good an impact as if you do it together with other people. My next point is this. Practice gratitude. Johnny was talking about this this morning. It's so important for us, and it, again, it ties in with having perspective to practice gratitude in your life. Because when you practice gratitude, what you're doing is you're bringing somebody else into the conversation. Someone else is involved in your story. When you start saying thank you, you're saying thank you to God for your life, for your experiences, and you're realizing to yourself, it's like tapping yourself on the shoulder and saying, oh, that's right, God's with me. He's the one who's given me all these good things. That's how you can turn your negative experience where you've come to the conclusion that God's actually not there for you, he didn't provide for you, or that year or that experience was really difficult. Once you start saying thank you, you will be surprised. You will be surprised how quickly you can go from being in a negative mindset to being in a positive mindset so fast, so quickly. So can I encourage you, just think about five or ten things, even at the start of every single day. What's five things? What's three things that I can be thankful for? What, how can I practice gratitude in my life? And you'll be surprised how powerfully that will turn around your experience and your awareness of God's involvement in your life. And, and also, can I say, it's important, even if you've had a hard experience, to be thankful for that too. Because sometimes it's those hard experiences that we go through that develop something in us that we wouldn't have got without that happening. And that, that difficulty, that challenge, brings about some good fruit in our lives um, that makes you the person that you are now. James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, pure, the best sort, the most refined, the most delightful type of joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. So allow those difficult things to do their work in your life, to produce good fruit in them and be thankful for them. Say thank you to God because they're the things that makes you a mature believer. All right, my next point is this. We need to face the hard stuff. Face up to the hard stuff. And, you know, I get it. You go through a hard year and you're like, oh, thank goodness that year's over. Let's just burn the bridges and move on to 2024. And I just don't want to even think about that, that year. Anyone feel like that sometimes? I, I know that I totally do. I don't want to even think about that. That was too painful. And I understand that. And there is a time and a place for everything. So I'm not saying go back and re-examine something that's so painful for you. But there will be a time and a place that's right that you need to look back and examine the stuff that's happened in your... Maybe it's the, the last year, maybe it's further back. But when we face up to those things and we work through them, here's what we generally do. Without thinking, we create a little narrative in our own heads about things that have happened, negative experiences that have happened. We tell a story, and it's usually like a really bad Hollywood movie that's two-dimensional. It's like there's a baddie involved, which is the other person, of course. Um, usually you know, like they might have a cape, and they might have Dracula fangs. They're usually some person that's done you wrong. And then there's the person that's been hard done by, which is yourself. The innocent lamb with no spot or blemish that's been something bad has happened to. And we, and we, we tell that story to ourselves. It kind of makes us feel good about ourselves because they did me wrong. And so I'm the innocent one and poor me. And we can, we can tell that story to ourselves and make ourselves feel better for a little while. But generally what happens, if we don't deal with our past properly, if we don't examine it and come to some useful conclusions about ourselves, what we do is, there is some, there's got to be some things that we've done that we could have done better, right? Yeah. We're willing to admit that. In any scenario where two people are involved, it's not one who's completely evil and one who's completely good. There's usually one that's done something perhaps that's worse. There's, there's you. There's have, you have to admit at some point that there's something that I could have done better. There's something that I could have changed that's different. If we don't do that, then what we do is we bring that attitude that we haven't dealt with into our pristine and beautiful future. It looks so wonderful and clean and shiny and bright. This new opportunity that I'm going to step into might be a new job. And you think, wow, this job's going to be different because the boss is really nice. But if you bring with you that baggage from the past, you, unless you deal with it, you're going to bring it with you and it's going to spoil the future. So it might just be a romance, that there was a romance that didn't work out and I'm ready to step into the new one. And it's all bright and shiny. This person's really nice to me and it's going to be so different. But if we don't deal with that issue in the past, there was maybe an element of something that I could have done different. We're just bringing our past with us into the future to change that future, not for the better. Every area of our life will be impacted by us if we're not willing to deal with those things in our past. So we're going to have to revise that Hollywood storyline and begin to examine what is it about my past that, okay, they, they might have done wrong things to me, 
but there's also elements of what I can do, I could have done differently. And do some business with God. Do some business with God. And this is where a journal can really help. Write things down, line by line. They did this to me. They hurt me because of this. Write their names down. Write, I don't care if you use like 100 pages of paper for what they've done or the injustice that has been done to you. But also, don't forget the part where you write down what I did that could have been different. What did I do that could be better next time? And deal with it. Do business. Do business with God. Learn to forgive. You've got to, you've got to forgive those people for the injustice that they did so that you can be free and you can move on to, to your future. And that will help you, I can guarantee it, that will help you to move forward into a healthy future. You know, there are, you know every, every, t- every beginning of the year, January and February, lots of people come and visit our church as they do lots of other churches. And it's easy to think, oh, great, this is, Oasis Church seems so beautiful. Everyone seems so nice. But we all know that we're, uh, every church is made up of human beings, right? Not everybody's perfect. In fact, nobody is, right? Not even me. Not even Christy. So we're all human beings. And just because you left a, a church that you had a bad experience at, does, you can't expect that it's going to be perfect at the new one. And even that experience where you're leaving an old church and stepping into a new church... If there are hurts there, can I encourage you, examine it in the same way. Well, what what did they do wrong? Yes, there's going to be merit there. Well, what could I have done differently? Maybe I can learn from these experiences. Maybe I can learn, maybe there was part of me that got offended and I didn't really need to get offended. Maybe there was part of me that didn't really forgive that person. That created a, a schism in our relationship and I need to learn to forgive better. Maybe, maybe I need to get better at communication. Maybe I'm blaming other people for my own lack of willingness to step out and say, start conversations with people and make friends. There are all those things that I want to encourage you to do so that you can step into your, your better future. All right, I've got one more point that I think is valuable, and this is something that we've done at Oasis Church for quite a few years, Christy and I have done it, is that we we get a word from God for our year ahead. I'll just mop my brow with this giant towel one second. (laughs) Yeah, that one's soaking. Um, Can I encourage you, it's it's not dogma, it's not um, Oasis rules, but um, it's something that really has helped us get a grid for what God is doing in our lives, to gain awareness of what God is doing. And it's often a really simple thing. You just say, Holy Spirit, give me a word for the year. And almost straight away, you'll probably get a word. You might get an insight. And it might mean, not mean a great deal, but I, can I just encourage you to write it down, put it on your phone, examine it later. It might gain a lot more meaning as the year progresses. Um, and I, I, like I said, we've been doing it for the last few years and it's, it's really been useful to me. And last year I, I got the word um, trust. Trust was my word. And it just seems like a 
Yeah, I know, Christians are supposed to trust, so it's one of those straightforward sort of words. It doesn't seem to have a lot of weight to it. I was also a little bit scared about it, because if God's telling me that I'm going to need to trust this year, I think, what's going to happen that's going to be so terrible that I'm going to need to trust God? But I wrote it down, and okay, thank you, God, for that, that word. It didn't mean a great deal to me until about we, we got to about April, and things started to happen in the economy, which forced me to look at that word really closely. Interest rates started going up, 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 and um, our renovation costs that we were renovating our house last year, so those costs at the same time were going up, 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 and my business income all of a sudden was going down, down, down. Just like that, you know, that Coles ad with a giant finger? That's how it felt. My income, down, down, down. And I was really scared. I was freaking out. And I had this word, trust. Okay, God wants me to trust. But I was not trusting. I was panicking. And I, um, I was praying. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And God's going to fix this. And I was praying and I was fasting. And they weren't faith-filled prayers. They were just panic prayers. God, help me. God, save me. Rescue me. And I had a vision and I saw Jesus standing in front of me and it, it's just impacted me so much. He was looking me straight in the eye. He had these blue eyes of just like piercing my soul and he said, I am the bread of life. And it wasn't, it wasn't nice. It was scary and I, I felt like he was scolding me. I felt like he was telling me off. And he was reminding me that every, all the sources of everything that I need is going to come through him. Everything. Everything is going to come through him. And I was like, oh, of course. Why, did I not, why don't I get it? Why does it take me so long to get this, to understand this? And I wish I could say from that day on, I was just walking on a cloud, trusting God <laughs> through every difficulty. It was not really like that at all. It was like me on a roller coaster of experience. One minute I'm like, yes, this is great. God's with me. And the other, the other second, it's like, ah! I'm going down. This is horrible. I'm going to die. You know, you think about the worst case scenarios. It was, it was a wrestle for me. But every time I just had that picture in my mind that he's saying to me that he is the bread of life. I've got to trust him and I've got to walk with him through, that, through this experience. Now, why am I telling you this about last year? And in context to look, us looking back, it's really helped me build my faith in, in God's um, presence through my life in this last year. Because it told me this, I came to this conclusion, that if God spoke to me about the year ahead, before anything happened, He must have known what was up ahead. If God is there and He loves me and He's, he's showing me that this is coming up, I know that He's with me. I know if He's in my past, if He knows about my past and He knows about my future, I can trust Him and I can walk through Him because He's already said, I've got this. I've got this. You just need to hold my hand. You just need to trust me. If I can trust Him with my past, then I can trust Him with my future. And I can trust Him with my present. Can I encourage you this year? Grab hold of a word. Even if it feels like it doesn't mean a great deal, allow Him to speak into that. Allow Him to, to kind of give you a touchstone to rename what your future is going to look like. 